Hello, and welcome to Living Heritage, a show about people who are engaged in the heritage and culture sector, all those who keep heritage alive at the community level. I'm Dale Jarvis, and today's guest is Grace Shears. Grace Shears is the risk manager at Abbey Shot Clothiers Limited in Mount Pearl. Grace holds an advanced level certificate in health, safety, and environmental processes through the University of Fredericton, New Brunswick. She's a military veteran and has served as a volunteer with the Canadian Red Cross on its disaster management team. In 2014, Grace joined the Abbey Shot team and has been dedicated to quality control, product development, and supply chain management. Abbey Shot is a privately held Canadian corporation founded in July 2002. Its garment designs are styled after clothing worn in movies, anime series, TV shows, and computer games, including Doctor Who, Outlander, and Firefly. Grace is a contributor to the empowering energy and culture of Abbey Shot. And Grace, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's nice to have you here to talk about some pretty geeky stuff. Oh, indeed. I love it. I love it when I can geek <laughs> out. Geek out, yes. <laughs> this is awesome. And I've known you for years. Yes. And uh, But how, how long? So you've been working with Abby Shot now since so, 2014. So four, four years four now. Four years now. Yeah, yeah. wow. Mm. And I bet that's gone by in a blink. It has. It? Like a, it was just the other day we were saying four years. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but now a lot of good times. So now sure. I, I kind of introduced Abby Shot there at the beginning, but for people who aren't familiar with the company, can you can you tell us a little bit about uh, how it kind of how it came to be and what kind of stuff you do? Sure. Well, it actually started with the owner Bonnie uh, Edgecombe and her daughter Julie. They uh, were working out of her basement doing like odd sewing jobs and different things like that when they were approached by um, an individual wanting a matrix coat made. So um, they had never made one before, but they said, you know what, let's try it, let's do it. So it turned out amazing, I guess, apparently. And then by the time that one was delivered to the the buyer, there was order for two more. And then as those two landed, there was an order for more, and it just kept um, escalating from there. And they started moving into different coats from different genres and Kill Bill and... um, Jay and Silent Jay Bob. Jay and Silent and Bob and so many different other types that they moved into that weren't licensed, actually, and yeah. just kind of started out there until we learned more about the world of licensing and replicas and the do's and don'ts and things yeah. like that along because the now way. Because you, you, are, you are the licensed or a licensed uh, manufacturer for some pretty big shows. Oh, yes, definitely. And and far as I know, there's no other one, like especially, well, Newfoundland for sure, but we're we holding licenses to big entities like we do for Sony and Disney and 20th Century Fox and yeah, BBC, BBC Worldwide yeah. and yeah. Um, just being in relationships with them and on a constant basis and kind of getting inside scoops on what different products are, you know, the shows that are coming, what they're going to be wearing. Uh, um, a lot of times we don't get too head of heads up, but uh, we certainly do get a lot of inside scoop from all of these licensors, as yeah. we call them, yeah. to uh, help and us make there, our job. Has easier. there been or was there um, a show or a product line that really kind of gave your company a push? Was there something that Oh, de- definitely the Doctor Who. Yeah. The Doctor Who, well, right now we're 53 countries at least wow. for the minimum that we're shipping around the world um, and was predominantly Doctor Who, but that's kind of shifted a little now with the Outlander world um, going into its fourth season soon, and um, it's just escalated, the yeah. Outlander world, over the Doctor Who. But sometimes it's doing with airing and that, so there's a downtime with Doctor Who, the switch between regeneration doctors and the new female doctor yes. that's coming on. so now are you excited about so, this? Oh, yes, definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. And I just like watching how people react to it, 
of yeah. more than anything. You know, there's such um, different viewpoints. Yeah. Um, that it's going to be a woman, but uh, we're good. It's a, it's a doctor. You yeah, just oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm very excited. I was glued to the TV for the Christmas special, mm. and uh, yeah, I did my little like, <laughs> gleeful thing when the transformation occurred, and I'm very excited, and I think it'll mean good things for your company, you know, because I, I know you've been doing female Doctor Who coats, because there's a lot of kind of cross-gendered play oh, that definitely. happens in cosplay you know absolutely but yeah. the, the the women's market is a huge huge part of the cosplay market it is yeah. yeah there's there's some and more and more like and in children as well like yeah. some of the shows and conventions that we went to like it does hurt good to see these little four and five you know tent doctors or peter capaldi's <laughs> running around with their electric guitar you know and yeah yeah so it's good that they're keeping it alive now i know you and I had been to, we had gone to a convention together at one point back, uh, that guess that was Atlanticon, mm. and that was many years ago. We won't say how many no. years ago that was. <laughs> um, but uh, were, were you really a convention person before you got working with Abby Shot? Not really. Not really. No. Well, no. I'd go to see, you know, just to check out the crowd, but I wasn't so much a, a big Halloween fan, loved dressing up, but really did not know much about the to the cosplay world yeah. until I got exposed to it with Abby Shot and introduced. So and this must have been an seen. education for you. Oh, wonderful, because, um, like, really, I didn't know who Doctor Who was. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, like, doing all my I'm, homework before sorry, conventions. Gonna, Who's gonna, companions? Okay, we're bling, ending bling. the interview right now. I'm kicking you out. <laughs> bleep, bleep, bleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because, you know, I grew up, um, my people say who's your doctor right and yeah. my doctor is the fourth doctor like, because I, I watched it when I was a kid that's where you were introduced that's where I was introduced yeah. to it as a kid mm-hmm. I remember watching on TV I remember the opening sequence that theme music scared the bejesus <laughs> out of me that electronic <laughs> that weird music um, and and so now I'm I'm one of the old people who who likes the show. Now there's this with the various reboots and the regenerations. Like there's this whole new generation oh, of people, yes. generations of people who are definitely who are now fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people like you who have yes. uh, been dragged into. <laughs> but now I'm like you know so many. Th- I can keep up with the conversation now, so I'm quite proud of that. A bit you know, and especially watch I've marathoned through the last few doctors for sure. But I've got a lot of the earlier ones to catch up on. But. Yeah, yeah. So I want to talk about Outlander then, um, because I know that this is, you mentioned this, that this is kind of a new direction uh, for you guys. Like this is a new show. It's going into its fourth season yes. now, is that correct? Yeah. yeah. And it was a huge um, uh, success as a book series yes. be- before it ever became a, a television show. You know, I first read it in 91, yeah, the like first time I picked it up. And, I, and she was one of my favorite authors. Yeah. And I used to say, Diana Gabaldon, and people say, who? Yeah. You know? And now... Her name is well known. It's, she's called herself in the world of uh, you know Outlander right. herself. Yeah. So so, yeah. so the company has started to um, to to license uh, materials because it's not just clothing that you're doing mm-hmm. with with the, these shows, um, but you're doing something a little bit. Uh, different with this in a way because um this is a historical piece like a lot of your stuff is kind of science fictiony yes but you're you're actually kind of breathing some life into some old traditions with some of your your work here and, and i want to talk about your mom yes because this has become a family thing now yes it wasn't too hard to find a knitter of course <laughs> in the backyard but so, she's uh, so let's let's start over. with the, let's start with the the product and then your mother and we can talk about your your kind of family history as well maybe a little bit so so what are you what Outlander products are you selling? And maybe for people I can't imagine 
who don't know what Outlander is. <gasps> I know. <laughs> what, what is Outlander and what is the products that you're, what are the products that you're selling? So Outlander is a kind of a time travel yeah. as well, a bit of a, a science fiction in, into it itself and a little bit because she travels through the stone circles and goes back in time right. in Scotland um, from the war ending to being 250 years back and, and meeting dashing Jamie, Jamie Fraser in the background. Um, so with that, um, we just started doing research. Our, our designer and the owner went to Scotland, got to visit the set, got to see some of the costumes, which is, is, is a commonality for us when we um, take on licenses and start doing new products, is to actually go to the costume set. And um, so what they started realizing is a lot of it was done um, really traditional, and we wanted to keep a part of that really alive. We had our a mill in Scotland that is actually making our tartans for us mm-hmm. that made the tartans for the show. Um, so then we started saying, what products can we make that we can have some Newfoundlanders make, handmade Newfoundland products that could be a part of this. So uh, one of the uh, par- products is the uh, Scottish bonnet, um, which, of course, my mom knits. Um, so she started doing a lot of research into the actual process of it and wanted to keep it as traditional as possible um, and realized that even trying new, newer methods, that the traditional methods made it um, more um, consistent and, and, a, and a better product doing it the traditional way. Right. So, with, so she's tried everything from going to, to the beach and getting salt water because her first experience in seeing felting was her dad as a fisherman, and her mom knit these big mitts. And when, after the fishing season be over, they'd be matted together and felt it, and she yeah. couldn't, you know, it happened organically. So she tried different methods that way, and um, so now she's they're, they're they're going all over the world like right. the bonnets so, so that she's a, making. A replica bonnet that's worn by Jamie, like yes. the, the main character, or not the main mm-hmm. character, but one of the main characters in the show, and um, and so the, the felting. So it, it, your mother is one of the knitters. Are there more than one? How many? No, she's the only. She's knitter. the only knitter. She's the sole the sole knitter. Yes. And, and so this the felting is a process that kind of. Um, toughens it up, I guess, a bit. Yes. It condenses the, the weave of it so that it right. becomes more um, water-resistant. Yes, you yeah. actually can't even see through it on the end. So right. when she finishes the knit part, it's like three times the size, probably, or more, of what it'll be like when it's shrunk down and, and felt it into its yeah. state that you're trying to get it to. And it makes it a very durable, kind yes, of weather-hardy. Yeah. They're quite like the um, military braids that I used to wear in a way that you can't see through them at all when you hold them up. Through yeah. light, and yeah. then that keeps the water off and weather away. And so, what did your mom mm-hmm. say when you said, "Mom, I want you to, I want to get you in on this project. I want you to start doing science fiction knitting." <laughs> <laughs> well, she was quite excited because she hadn't. I had been years trying to get her to read the book Outlander. Right. Yeah. And uh, she just it wasn't so her father read them who and our, our connection we have Scottish background in right. our so, connections. So now where where did you grow up and where's your family from? We're from I'm out on the west coast in a place called uh, well Hedderton Highlands it's called and my mom came from Highlands and she was a Gillis from there in a large family and um, they actually did some homework and research into our roots and we came to Cape Breton first apparently some some of the Gillises some came to Cadre Valley um, but they we were all connected and before that uh, they've traced it back to the Isle of Skye is what we're told right and um, some of our ancestors marched in the Jacobite rebellion with the Bonnie Prince Charles you know <laughs> and well not all of them or I wouldn't be here but yeah. <laughs> you know so it's, uh, there's a, there's that connection from the west coast and the highlands and and part that um 
kind of tied it all together yeah. I think for us and was that was that something that you talked about you know in your family growing up about your your Scottish oh, heritage yes. yeah. and one of the reasons I got into the Diana Gablin books Outlander and my grandfather even I was like oh you got to read these there's so much history in them there's so much to to learn yeah um I found there was a lot of knowledge so into who, it. So who, who were your grandparents? Um, John and Annie and Johnny Gillis, yeah. they used to call them. So they were the two in the in the community that people came to for pretty much anything. If there was, he was a carpenter, he was a fisherman, he was a everything, jack you know, of all trades. jack of all trades. So if, yeah. on the man side of things, not to sound chauvinistic, they'd go to him for different things on that level. But my grandmother, if they needed knitting or something sewn or a wedding dress made or a baby was being born or, or somebody had passed away, my grandmother Anne was the one that they'd go to to, to come help yeah. with the situation. So they were well loved in the community and 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 at, and at some point further back had they been had they been Gaelic speakers? Uh you know like maybe not your grandparents but your grandparents great grandparents generation or something because I I know that the Gaelic was spoken on yes, the, on the I, West and Coast. I I'm assuming that it was but I have never been um around it I guess. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 I know um uh, reading Margaret Bennett's book, The Last Stronghold, about the Codroy Valley, you know, mm. talking about how a lot of that stuff had kind of died out by the 1980s. Yes. Like a lot of those mm. really old Scottish traditions had started to fade a bit. Mm. Yeah, And it's funny because sometimes there's little things that'll happen and then you'll realize that it, it must be connected to the, to the Scottish heritage because um, even in the story Outlander about leaving the changeling babies in, in the woods, and I don't know if you, you haven't watched any of it yet, have you? I've watched, I've watched the first couple, I've watched a bit of the first season. Right, yeah. okay. So in, the, in, the, in another season in that, there's a, there's a, there's a whole f- folklore around the changeling ah, babies in the woods. And, right. But there was a lot of connections to stories that I've heard here as well, so that was kind of yeah. interesting. So then another um, product that we brought in would have been the Sani Snake, okay. which was hand-carved from cherry wood. Yeah. Um, so for people who aren't show watchers, what what is the role of that in the in the show? So Sonny was given to the main character Jamie by his brother who his his brother passed away, but before he passed away, of course, he made this whittled this snake with Sonny written on the bottom of it. Uh, and Jamie kept it in his sporran like for years and years to come as like a talisman kind of type thing to remember his brother by. Yeah. yeah. So knowing how important that was in the book for me reading it and then seeing how many times it came out into the show we thought that after doing research with the customers and fans as well uh, we realized that this would be a real collector's item that people would want that there would be a demand to have some hand carved uh, sonnies and we take a part of the proceeds and donate it to Bloodwise um, which is um, Jamie Sam Hugan's um, charity of choice shall we say so where it was his snake we thought we'd donate some of the money to his charity yeah. on that level so, so uh, how did you find a carver locally well it happened to be another good friend of mine <laughs> he um, Gary Taylor who has uh, kind of jack of all trades as well he's graphic designer music um, I don't know if there's anything that Gary can't do or take on or any challenge I've seen him not be able to do so I brought him the because the thing about us is we don't have a prop in our hand so ours are all made from from a picture or from a movie screenshot or something along that line and that's exactly how Sonny was made through uh, figuring and gauging well what scale should this be and and um, work like a bit of time at it but he figured it all out and got it right down to trying to he wanted to make sure he was using the same kind of chiseling tools um, 
uh, even down to what he was finishing it with. He made his own like beeswax and tried to keep it as traditional as possible mm. there on that level. And you, you had said that like the original was made out of cherry wood, but that is a very hard yes, wood. Yes, like cement, to, he said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a little bit like cement carving. So I think he's very happy that that project's over now. But, uh, yeah, so how many yeah, so how many of them did he did he carve? In 25. 25, yes. Yeah. So it was a limited edition. Yeah, it was a limited uh, edition. And, and, uh, yeah. and the wood, I actually, um, a, a military connection years back in... in few years the dark ago. dark ages, yes. Um, his family owns a lumber company of, of sorts in Montreal, and um, they're trying to expand their global market. And I said, well, we, we ship to 53 markets. How about you donate us a little bit of cherry wood, and we'll do a blog on you and push you out around the world and, and get some out. So that's what ended up happening. Our wood, because we couldn't buy it here, we had it come in, and he brought it in from Montreal for us. Mm. And, and you mentioned the, the blog. So this is another piece that you've kind of been doing. Like you have the... You have the Abbey Shot website, which is, has all the product for sale or whatnot, but you have the blog as well, which is kind of documenting some of the background to some of this material. So I know there was you had put stuff up about the, the felting project and about the Sani project. So. Yes. And then the other, so well, we have three artisan products that we're yeah. having made in Newfoundland. The other one is by Arnold Feltham in Central, who does our sporns. Okay, so, so tell, me, tell me about that, because I, uh, I really don't know about the sporn Oh, okay, the sporn yeah. is, a, is a, I know, I know, you know what a sporn is. I know is, what a sporn so. is. It's the... The but it's the one bag that, he's, that men yeah. <laughs> wear with their kilts, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he, uh, there was a number of different styles of, right. uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, hairy bag, yeah. They might have cut that piece out. <laughs> but um, there was a number of different styles. So the one that Jamie actually wore, the main character, yeah. that's the one we went with first, that he wears like in his wedding, he's wearing in a whole bunch of different outfits that he wears this born style with. Um, so the girls actually, our designer actually got to see the prop, but we don't get to keep it with us, but they get to measure it and, you know, get pictures and get sure. an idea and then she'll do her tech pack up. And then we enlisted Arnold and Arnold, then he, his is all done by hand as well. Everything that he can. He's very, very interesting gentleman to talk to that if you're ever out that way to, t- he's very much into environmental and keeping mm-hmm. things, you know. Um, so safe. What are, and, what are, so what are the materials mm, then that he's using? So we're we're just it's the leather for yeah. us, but he's just using his augers and like the whatever the I don't know the types of tools he used, but yeah. in, it's all in the blog. There's pictures of them that because I, I wrote a little blog on that, and his family were actually part of resettlement as well. So there's some of that in the blog, and mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so he's basically done a, a replica of the same one that Jamie did with the, there's a drawstring inside, that whole type of you know, is, is it functional? All some people think it mightn't be able to hold it much, but it is a replica, so it's the same size, and that's how we work. So you would go by the same size of what the right. And is that a and is that a limited edition piece as well? Is he making yes. a certain number of those? Yes. Yeah. 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 And yeah. what's the response been so far with with the so fans? So far, it's been good. I mean, yeah. um, because a lot of the fans have been saying, you know, we're well, a Canadian company, and um, we we have manufacturers all around the world. We have them in the U.S. and we have them in um, the U.K. We have them in Scotland. We have them in China. Um, so there's a lot of different, depending on what products we're making, go to different areas along that line. And, and a lot of them were saying, can you make something from Newfoundland, you know, from Canada? What can we? So then I started looking into some of the products because I knew the story the most where I had read it so long ago. And um, and this the three products that we came up with that yeah, we, we started yeah. with. And th- we decided we just wanted to do it as traditional as possible for each, you know, uh, of the projects that we did. Yeah. 
And so the show is continuing on now into another another season. So are you constantly thinking then? Is the company constantly thinking about okay, what can we do next? Can we think of another product? Can we think of something else that we can we can produce for the fans? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So each as it goes through different stages, like we're in quarters, we'll sit, you know, at each quarter we're kind of sit down and decide well, which products are we going to go ahead. Last quarter we would have set moving forward for what's to come now. We're already working on so. Um, it usually can take up anywhere from six to eight months to get a project um, right off the ground from start to finish because of the approvals. We have to go with everything. Every picture it's, has to be oh, okay. approved. It's, every design, every yeah. sample, every label, every so you, word. You, you make these. You make these. Like you make the spore and you make the 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 felted hats. So then it goes back to the to the company and then they have to the the, the licensor I guess yeah. and then they have to they sign approve off it. on it yeah. okay, so yeah. then then um, they'll say yes that's we we accept that or we right. don't accept it and then we move into production right and um, then they get contract drill sam- samples out of it then as well so that they can promote it themselves a bit and brag about it I guess and whatever they do with their sample parts so you, you have the three uh, local products that are part of that Outlander line, but you have some other other materials in that line as well. Like there's some other coats and things. Yes, so what yeah. what other types of things are? So we're doing a leather jacket actually that uh, has a, a ladies and a men's version um, that is very uh, having a great feedback on is the leather coat that Jamie wore. Um, mm-hmm. He actually wore it in the Battle of Culloden and a couple of other like numbers of episodes that he's wearing. It was actually his father's coat before that. Um, so we decided to go forward and make a ladies' version and a men's version, and um, and they've been quite successful on that. We've done uh, a replica of his belt as well. Um, we've done a handbag line that's being that was designed by a, a Scottish designer uh, company in Scotland that are doing our handbag that are using the tartans that we're oh, having milled in yes, Scotland. Okay, yeah, so yeah. Th- those handbag lines they're quite a success. Um, knitted goods. We have a lot of the knitted. There's a lot of knitted goods from that era that mom isn't knitting, but say iron warmers that we're doing offshore that you can make mass produce produce uh, quantities of it because we're feeding like the Outlander store in the U.S., which is one of the largest stores that feed the Outlander world. And so there's an actual Outlander store. Yes, amazing. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> things like that. So we're feeding them. So then we do the. You know the mass quantities offshore right, yeah. for, for there and things like that. But yeah. there's always new projects coming up. We're working on a new one now. It's an Outlander umbrella. Just had the sample show up today. It's gorgeous. So it's going to. I think that one's going to be great. And many many other types of uh, clothing and accessories and yeah. to come for sure. So yeah. it's fun. It is fun. So it, it must be fascinating to, just to to watch this stuff travel around the world, mm. you know. And I know, and you're saying like you've been to some of these conventions now. So where have you where have you been? Where where have you gone off to? I've been over to London to visit the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, but we were over to a Doctor Who convention in London a few years back. That was quite fun. So how, I big, got, how big is that? Like is that a was it a big? It's a fair size yeah. one. Yeah, they, at the Excel. Yeah. And uh, so we got to meet like Stephen Moffat and Peter Capaldi and Jenna and and we actually um, Stephen Moffat's son was is a huge fan of the Seventh Doctor so he wanted the umbrella and um, we got to present it to the to the Stephen Moffat to give him and and then we he, we were actually a moment they were saying 
are we going to get to meet Peter Capaldi? Are we going to get to meet? And he was like, depends on how bold you are. You know, I'm like, <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess I'll be saying hi then. <laughs> and just as we left, the big doors smashed open, just like like the big two big swinging doors at a saloon, and in walked Peter like that. You know, and I'm like right in front of him. <laughs> hi, I said, how are you? You know, we love you and. Then I went to shake his hand. I said, no, we hug in Newfoundland. So got a big hug. So it's nice. nice. Yeah. No, so it was great. We've been tra- Fan Expo four years in a row. We've uh, That was quite a fun show, and too. So where, where is Fan Expo? Where is it's, that? It's uh, right in Toronto Convention yeah. Center. Yeah. But now some of the other crowd, they've traveled down in the States and some of the other Dragon Cons and Comic Cons and... There's a, there's a number of them that they've been to down through there through the years, yeah. but that's the ones so, I've so been how, to. So how big is your and how big Sci-Fi is your sh- and the Rock, of course. Uh, of course, we got to do a shout out for Sci-Fi yeah. and the Rock. <laughs> um, how big is your shop? Like how many how many people work in Mount Pearl? Uh, yeah, that's a trick question because yes, because we ha- two of our uh, so full time hard hitting journalism <laughs> right there. <laughs> two of our full time one works in Montreal are designer, so oh, we yes, do yeah. all of our work online together. We work through Skype, and and our graphic designer and and gentleman that looks after our website is in Toronto. So actually, in our shop, there's five right. there now. Yeah. yeah. So. And then an army of people kind of out doing little things and, and manufacturing uh, manufacturing stuff. Right. Yeah. 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 So that's the fun part because you get to really because re- because it's replica. People know we're known for replica, so we can't just look at a picture and go, "Oh, yeah, we'll do it." Look like like people are actually dissecting it, especially the Doctor Who people. Like oh, they'll. Man. I know the fans that, that button. That button is turned the wrong <laughs> way, and it's not sewed on with the right color thread that it's thrown it's sewn on. You know, like is that they know their stuff. They know their stuff. Yeah. yeah. So we we have to do our homework too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite piece that mm. that the company has done? Is it something that you personally is it something that you like would like to wear or, or enjoy wearing? Or I love the Jamie leather coat. Yeah, yeah, I must say. But I like the Claire's riding coat as well because yeah. um, I have that one. I used to wear the other one before we had a medium ladies at shop, and we uh, actually sent that one off to our Sony to uh, for approval stage. So I had a little morning session when that left, but. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I must say uh, any of the do- any of the Outlander are are really, I, I love it all. Yeah. For the Doctor Who, um, I have the green uh, the green Doctor Who trench coat. I can't is, remember which Doctor yeah. that is, but that, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful coat. The eleventh. Yes. Yeah. It's that's lovely. Matt Smith. Yeah. And do you know what episode he wore that in? No. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> Some, okay, but I do know he wore it with a cowboy hat. Write in and tell us which episode. Yeah, that's Ca- from. yeah. cowboy hat. He wore. Yeah. It. He only wore it in one episode, I think, as far as I know. It's gorgeous. But I love the it. name of the episode. It's I'm a not well. Sure. You know, it's a well built. Uh, because I find sometimes like you buy costume pieces. And they, they're they not really meant to be worn. No, you, know? you like can wear it once or twice. Or twice and, mm-hmm. and that's it. But this is like a, it's a nice coat. This is, you know? Yeah. It's got the, like the silk yoke underneath. Like yes. it's a functional functional coat. Bonnie's favorite is the green. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's one of her favorites. Captain Jack, I like. But I mean, the purple coat is beautiful too. Got the bit of cashmere into it. But I think my favorite might be the one we're making now, but I can't give out Yo, any information on it. It's top secret, is it? It is top secret. Oh, that's Very. I, we'll have to come back and talk to you about that one. <laughs> Where that one's being oh, made. That's exciting. Yeah. I mean, and that's the neat thing is that there's always another show. Mm. There's always a new, there's always new episodes. Always, there's always new, new episodes. costumes. And yeah. Yeah. It's mm. a fun, must be a fun business. It uh, is. Yeah. To be and in. getting to know the people too and networking and, and just, you know, like we're in 16 castles in Scotland alone with our products for Outlander. So, yeah. you know, you're getting to 
um, rub elbows with some of the the clans and yeah. uh, you know different people and different industries and airports and everything that you can imagine like so you really get to know a lot of people and and just fans you know because yeah. i managed a twitter account as well so you just really get to know the people which is so that, that's that's a good way uh, to maybe wrap up the show if people are looking for information on abby shot uh, how do they find us on twitter what's the twitter account at abby shot at abby shot and the website is www.abbyshot.com Dot com. And is there a Facebook page? Yes. You can find Facebook. us on, you can find us Abby Shot on, yes. on, on Facebook as, as well. Mm-hmm. And and do, are you looking for fans to write in with, we want this code or we want that code? Oh, or? we love, always love hearing new suggestions. And uh, we actually have a, um, a document that we keep. Uh, there's people, some of the pieces that people are looking for, like the Imperial Code. And uh, do you know what that one's from? Is That's that the, Star? Yes, it's the new, the new Star Wars. Yeah. 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 So there's just a bunch of different things like that that come in. People love the Blade Runner. They want us to bring back the sure. new Blade Runner, bring in the new version Blade Runner code. Yeah. Um, different things like that. So yeah. mm. Cool. Well, we will try and send some uh, virtual traffic your way. Yes. Wonderful. And uh, good luck with all the new projects. Say hello to your mom. And I will. She takes a break from knitting. And, uh, <laughs> I'll let her put her needles down. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having us, Dale. I'm Dale Jarvis. You've been listening to Living Heritage, a production of CHMR Radio 93.5 in collaboration with the Intangible Cultural Heritage Office of the Heritage Foundation of Newfoundland and Labrador. Find us online at ichblog.ca or on iTunes. Our production assistant is Tara Barrett. We would love to know what you think of the show. Leave us a comment on the Living Heritage Podcast Facebook page or tweet us at HFNLCA. Thanks for listening.